Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Uh, if you ask, if you were to talk to, for example, uh, an airline ticket agent or, or flight attendant for that matter, they're, they're going to tell you the same thing. Uh, if you speak to a McDonald's employee or a clerk at the return department at Walmart, similarly, if you ask a customer service representative or for that matter, even your best friend or a family member, all these different people who work with other people or who talk to other people are, go, are all going to affirm the same expression as true and valid. So here's the expression they're all going to agree with. Here it is. It's an old one. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> okay, that is, that is an oldie but a goodie. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And honey is sweet. Vinegar is bitter. Hmm. Today's message I found, the more I started working on it, I didn't initially intend when I started out but as I started going through the message, I could see that the Lord was doing something. Today's message is a kind of a part two of last week's message, but we're going to, to drive even deeper to examine our own conduct in a couple of areas. And it's something that I think is a revelation that helps give us some perspective for ourselves and for others. Okay, first, uh, let me go. We're going to, if you want to get ahead, you can turn to the book of Romans, the book of Romans. But uh, it's interesting because the beginning of Romans, Romans chapter one, after you get through the greetings and all that kind of stuff, uh, Romans chapter one, especially the last half of Romans chapter one, y'all, it's pretty austere. It's pretty intense. The last half of Romans chapter one is like one of those where you read it and you go, whew, okay, whoa, all right, whoa, Nelly. There you go, right? It goes into a great detail uh, in regard to how we as humanity traded the truth of God for a lie. We traded the truth of God for a lie. And Romans chapter one, the second half, man, it's, it's like a little laundry list, right? It talks about how we are slanderers, how we are gossipers, how we are envious, disobedient to parents, involved in same-gender relationships, God-haters, haughty, 
and many other things. All of this is in Romans chapter 1. It reminds me a lot when I read it of the vidui, uh, uh, which means confession. And we, we know this, why? Because of Yom Kippur, we recite the Ashamnu and the Alchet, right? During the, those prayers during Yom Kippur, you know them. I, I, when, 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 when we're, Yom Kippur, y'all, we are close to High Holy Days. They're early this year. And so we're like a month away, almost exactly from Rosh Hashanah. And boy, we've got some exciting things planned for you this High Holy Day season. We're doing multiple things this High Holy Day season that we've never done in our history at Bethel We've got some secrets that we're planning and we're excited about. We're going to share with you over the next couple of weeks. But in any case, during Yom Kippur, to me, it's one of the most intense moments of the year, if not the most intense moment of the year, the Achet, right? Uh, the Achet, which, 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 during which we read sin after sin after sin after sin that we're confessing. And it's very intense in the Ashamnu, for that matter, as well, that acrostic. And, and friends, without question, we should be quick to repent. No question. And the end of, of Romans chapter, the whole second half of Romans chapter one is like sin after sin after sin after sin, sin after sin, just things that, that are spoken of that we need to address for sure. But in the next verses in Romans chapter two, we hear a change of tone that I want for you to, to note, if you will. And remember that chapters, right, chapter and verse, this chapter, this verse, chapter and verses were not originally part of the text. They were added later so that we could follow along a little bit easier. But when you read it, it's not like he finished chapter one and now it's a new con completely new concept. That, that is a thing created later. So really, if you read Romans 1 and 2, they, they truly do, especially the second half of, of Romans chapter 1, with all these things listed, it flows right into chapter 2. So chapter 2 continues right from the end of chapter 1. And in chapter 2, though, it, it, it definitely is a different theme, but it's related to chapter 1 because we are being cautioned. We're being cautioned not to judge others too quickly. We're being cautioned not to judge other people too quickly because all too often it talks about the fact that we are guilty of some of the same things ourselves. Yeah, you know, oftentimes we, we point the finger, but my father, our retired emeritus rabbi, used to say, you know, you point your finger at somebody else, you got multiple fingers pointing back at you. And it's really the truth, you know? Uh, and that's actually part of what Romans 2 starts off with here. But we're going to see an amazing insight revealed as we examine what God says in Romans chapter 2 in light of this. Okay, so again, contextually, you have to understand all that stuff that God talked about at the end of Romans 1. Okay, all these things that he's not pleased with. But then now we get to Romans chapter two because he says, uh, yeah, but, you're, but you're, you're, you're judging too quickly other people while not looking at yourselves. Let's pick it up, Romans chapter two, verse one. It says, therefore, you are without excuse, O man, every one of you who is judging. For by whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. We know that God's judgment on those who practice such things is based on truth. But you, O oh man, judging those practicing such things yet doing the same, 
Do you suppose that you will escape the judgment of God? Okay, now this, hold that thought there. Okay, so we are being warned here. There's an austere warning to all of us to be careful at pointing fingers at others without looking first at ourselves, without looking first in our own lives. What have we got going on before we're looking to, to castigate others? Plenty of people, beloved, are hypocritical. You know this, and and I do too. A lot of people are quick to judge other people, very, very fast to judge other people. Oftentimes, they'll have a a critical spirit, and it's oftentimes tinged with spiritual pride. You know, they they carry themselves with this this kind of air. It's an attitude. It's an attitude that exudes, I've got this, and clearly... You do not. <laughs> I'm pretty, sp- I'm dressed spiritually very well, you see. No, you are not dressed spiritually very well, but look, I've got on a very nice suit with a beautiful tie, and I can make the tie do things really cool like this. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Cameron is stunned. <laughs> I see. <it>, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, your reaction actually is is a little bit accurate because I think that's what sometimes what God does when when we exude the spiritual pride and kind of lord it over people. God, you know, the angels are probably going, "Oh, brother, look at that." <laughs> He's doing the tie thing again. Look at that. He thinks that's cool. That's he doesn't know how he looks when he does that. <laughs> okay, so right after God gets us with it and talks about this, then he hits us with a revelation that I think will help us personally as well as helping us to minister to, to others. And when I read this and when I really dug into it, whoo, wow, it's powerful, it's intense. Uh, and, and I wanted to bless you today on Shabbat. So the very after he talked, God talks all about how we got to be careful about looking at others when we ourselves have messed up a lot. And you know what? We think we're going to get out of judgment and stuff. No, no, no. We've got the wrong perspective on this. And then he says this in verse four. Read verse four, Romans 2, 4. It says, or do you belittle the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance. Whew. We're going we're gonna to really talk about this here today. I think this is meaty, meaty, meaty stuff, very profound. His kindness, his kindness. There are a few different, and, and the more I thought about it and reflected and prayed through it, the more things were, were coming to me about this. There are a few really critical lessons that I see just in this one verse, and they all have to do with the understanding that kindness leads to repentance, as it says in his word. 
Do you not realize this? Kindness leads to repentance. Okay, first I want to think about that in context of ourselves, if you will. It's important to understand God's kindness led to our repentance. God's, you know, a lot of times we don't think about it. Uh, we don't think about it mechanically, and we really shouldn't have to think about it mechanically. But I want you to contemplate what it says here in this regard that God's kindness led to our repentance. Sometimes we think, <laughs> sometimes we think of the hell that we need to avoid. Okay, and that's, that's fair and understanding. We think of the, and, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. We think of the, of the hell that we need to avoid. Okay, and, and that can lead us to repentance uh, in some ways and at some times. No question. And, and uh, of no doubt, there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. Scriptures are real clear about that. Rabbi, you used to say that a lot. Fair enough, fair enough. But the primary reason why we repented is out of God's kindness to us. What does Yochanan John chapter 3 say? You know what it says. It says, for God so loved the world. Yeah, that he gave his only son. See, it was out of love. His sacrifice for us and to us was out of love. Friends, that's the ultimate kindness. When God loves us so much that to restore relationship with us, he sends his son Messiah Yeshua to die as a sacrifice for us, fulfilling the Torah requirement. That is, that is as kind as you will find his sacrifice. It's the ultimate kindness. And when there is that kind of kindness to us, it drives us to repent. As we're convicted by the Holy Spirit not to do the things that are contrary to him who gave his all for us. The more we go about life, the more we go about our experience, we feel this conviction of the Lord. We feel this conviction because the more our spirits recognize and the more we understand his sacrifice, the more we'll, we'll tend, if we do something wrong, we know it, it, it violates and, and hurts the nature and the heart of God. And we know what he did for us, his kindness to us when we don't deserve it, when you don't deserve it and I don't deserve it. And so even though my, my penalty is death for my sins, yet because of his incredible love and kindness for me, I have salvation. It, it, it stirs me to repentance. When you do something wrong, you, you, you know, you feel bad about it. You feel like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. Lord, please forgive me. As kind as you've been to me. God's kindness leads to repentance. That's what the word says. Very, very interesting. Secondly, understanding that God's kindness leads to repentance should color how we approach others for God. If we want for others to turn to God, which hopefully most of you do, 
We want for other people to turn to God, right? Amen? It should come from a place of understanding God's love for them. That's what's going to draw them to God. Understand, yes, they need to repent for sure. No question, right? But they don't just repent. That's not stage one is really repentance. Stage one is them arriving in a place where they feel like they need to repent. Does that make sense? Okay, yes, they need to, I'm totally with you, right? They, They need to repent, but they have to get to a place where they say, why do I need to repent? What's the motivation for the repentance, if you will? God's kindness. That's the motivation. That's the truth. His love is sacrificed for us. But all too often today, people who purport themselves to be believers present a God who hates people, which is an accurate portrait of God. But it is a portrait that many people who claim to be believers put out there as as the picture that, that God is a God that hates people and that hates you. If people, if people are in sin, friends, they'll not be attracted to a God that condemns them. They will be convicted by a God who loves them and who is kind to them. That just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that, it, it makes the scripture come alive and, and it kind of give you a little bit of an aha moment. Ah, I see. This is what's going to make people attracted to God. This is what's going to actually stir people to truly repent from their sin, is an understanding of the love of God, an understanding of God's kindness to them, not being put under a a, a yoke of hate out of where they are right now, which is not redeemed yet. They don't have that sense of morality that we have yet, right? Now, in no way, friends, and please let me make this clear, in no way does this mean that God turns a blind eye to sin. He doesn't, and sin is not okay. But we, at the same time, have to recognize that we all sin, and only out of God's love and kindness do we have forgiveness. And understanding the kindness of God will motivate us to repent, which we need to do. All of us need to repent. And that that certainly should be a goal within our lives and for others. Why? Because that brings us close to God. But the question is, what comes before? And that's an understanding of the kindness of God, at least according to Romans chapter 2. Don't you know God's kindness leads to repentance, is what it says there. The third thing, finally, the principle is the same. This principle about kindness leading to repentance. The principle is the same even in our personal lives and relationships with each other. That that principle is true across the board. Has has your husband or your wife wronged you? (laughs) Are others... Do, doing things to you that are not right? 
Well, we should take a cue from God and show them kindness. If we repay evil for evil, it will attract nobody. Scriptures talk about that. If, if, if somebody is, is, is saying things or is spewing things and, and you just give it right back to them in the same uh, turn, it will lead to incessant arguments and conflict. That's what it will lead to. That's the fruit. But if others genuinely sense our kindness, it will be more likely to lead to repentance and reconciliation. If they sense our genuine kindness toward them. Ephesians, please, chapter 4. Ephesians 4, Bavakasha. Wow, it's such an interesting principle that has a lot of deep roots and and a lot of kind of tentacles of application in different areas of our lives. Oh, but it is a core truth and something that is so deep and interesting. And by the way, scripture is replete with examples of this and confirmations of this principle. Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 says, get rid of all bitterness, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and quarreling and slander along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. Y'all, that's not a, that's not a, a postscript that is unrelated. No, I, I want you to notice a consistency between Ephesians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 2. There's the same thing that's being said here relating specifically to the kindness of God leading to repentance. What do we read, right? We read in Ephesians, Rabbi Shaul is saying, instead, be kind to another, compassionate and forgiving, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. See, there's a pattern here. Be kind to one another, forgiving each other, kindness, repentance, forgiveness. They're all related. They're all interconnected if we look at it. It is a spiritual biblical principle here that perhaps you haven't seen before. I didn't see it in this, at this level. There, there is a tie. It is, they're, they're connected. Kindness, repentance, forgiveness. Luke chapter 6, please. Luke chapter 6. Let's hear about what Messiah Yeshua himself says about this topic. Very interesting. Very interesting. You're going to see a similar connection in that Messiah talks about Yeshua in Luke chapter 6. It's very, very interesting. Wow. And, and I'm telling you, this has a lot of different ramifications for our lives. Luke chapter 6, verse 35 says this. Yeshua is talking and he says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of Elyon. For he is kind to the ungrateful and evil ones. Be compassionate just as your father is compassionate to you. 
<laughs> you, you see there a connection between Luke 1 and 2, I'm sorry, Romans 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 6. Remember Luke 1, all these things that the, the, the God, you know, that the, the people do that are displeasing to God. But then Romans 2 is like, hey, hold on, be careful about pointing the finger too much because God's forgiven you, brother or sister. God's forgiven you. Don't forget that. It's the same thing Yeshua is saying. Be compassionate just as your father is compassionate to you. It's the same principle here we're reading. It says, it says that your father was compassionate and kind to you, and it led to your repentance. Isn't this the goal for everyone? It certainly should be. See, I think that sometimes believers do not understand the principle of kindness. Yeshua says something here that's, that's, that kind of can boggle your mind if you don't, if you don't understand this principle. Yeshua says here, it's not talked about very much. Yeshua says here that God is kind to evil ones. Not my words, Yeshua's words. Read it yourself. I just read it to you in Luke chapter 6. God is kind to the ungrateful and evil ones. What? What? Chavarim, you have to know that you can be kind to others without compromising the truth. And you should never compromise the truth. But you can be kind to and should be kind to others, even if they are evil. You should be kind. Why? Because kindness leads to repentance. It all makes sense. John chapter 8, please. John chapter 8, a story about Yeshua. When he was there, just after he was the Mount of Olives, when he went to the temple, Yeshua the Messiah if you've never been to Israel before, boy, plan on going. I'm going to be leading a tour sometime in May next year. Start saving your shekels now. It's worth it. It's going to be a blessing. Oh, boy. So, in fact, we go to this very area. Okay, verse 1 of, of John chapter 8. But Yeshua went to the Mount of Olives at dawn. He came again into the temple. There he is in the temple area. All the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The Torah scholars and Pharisees bring in a woman who had been caught in adultery. Oof. After putting her in the middle, they said to Yeshua, Teacher, Rabbi, this woman has been caught in the act of committing adultery. In the Torah, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? Now they were saying this to trap him so that they would have grounds to accuse him. But Yeshua knelt down and started writing in the dirt with his finger. When they kept asking him, he stood up and he said, the sinless one among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he knelt down again and continued writing on the ground. Now when they heard, they began to leave one by one, the oldest ones first, until Yeshua was left alone with a woman in the middle. Straightening up, Yeshua said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Yeshua said. Go and sin no more. Mm. Man, that gives me chills. It's such a beautiful story, and it's a picture of my, me of my message today. 
kindness leads to repentance. Notice here that Yeshua did not condone the woman's sin. In fact, he concluded the whole story with, go and sin no more. He's not okay with sin. It's not okay when we sin. But our attitude towards others should always show love, compassion, and kindness. This is what our attitude, this is what people should feel from us when we are interacting with other people in the community, our family, our friends, others. We should kind of ooze kindness. <laughs> that, that's how, how, how people should perceive us. That will attract them to that which we have, which is a relationship with the creator of the universe. The book of James, please, chapter 2. James 2. The book of Yaakov or Jacob. Jacob was his real name. Jacob chapter 2, verse 13. See, here is the beautiful thing that we need to remember. <laughs> also relating to the whole principle, right, Ellie? For judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Baruch Hashem. Amen? And, and, and brother or sister, you should say amen, right? Because, because all of us, yes, even you, don't look at your neighbor or some you know, evil hooligan. Look at yourself. All of us, we deserve judgment. And so we have to be thankful that mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness and goodness to us from which we have mercy. We need to fall on your mercy, O oh Lord, because we know that we're not righteously worthy in and of ourselves on our own, by our own works. I don't care, brother, sister, you may be watching on the internet or listening to the podcast right now. I don't care how much money you give away in tzedakah. You can't give away enough money to buy your soul. You can't give up, uh, out enough money to become righteous. No, there's no, there's no there's, you can't walk an old, old lady across the street enough times to be righteous. <laughs> I don't care how many times you do it, you ain't gonna earn heaven. You ain't gonna earn mercy. It comes from the generosity and the kindness of God. That should lead us to repentance. Exodus 34, please, in the Torah. When the children of Israel formed the golden calf, y'all. When the children of Israel formed the golden calf, that's about as bad as you can get. Come on, after all the, the, the plagues, they, they had been slaves in Egypt for so long. After all the plagues, the miracles that God had done. I'm talking about things that have never been seen in the history of the world. Those kind of level miracles, including the, 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 what you could say is like the 11th miracle, the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, are you kidding me? God did so much for the children of Israel. They get to Mount Sinai. Moses goes up on the mountain. He stays up there a little long, and they build a golden calf and say, this is your God. Woo, mamma mia. That is, uh, that is, some, that is some nasty stuff. 
God's initial reaction was, okay, Moses, we're going to start all over with you, you know, and I understand that initial reaction. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that's, that's how Winfield probably too. God was not happy, right? But what happened? Moses beseeched God. God, please, please, Lord. He beseeched, he beseeched God on our behalf. And what did God do? He relented. And so Moses went back up the mountain to get the second set of tablets. Remember, the first set he threw down, broke when the, you know, the golden cap. So he went back up the mountain to get the second set of tablets. And this is when God said this in Exodus 34, verse 6. Then Adonai passed before him and proclaimed, Adonai, Adonai, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, showing mercy to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Friends, yes, there's discipline. And God goes on to talk about that. Even in, that, even in that chapter. But his overwhelming character trait that he wants to get across in this passage is loving kindness. That's the overall character trait that he's trying to get across. He says, you want to know me? You want to know me? Loving kindness. Loving kindness and compassion and forgiveness. See, beloved, this all is what leads to repentance. This is what leads to reconciliation. So, <laughs> you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> Ask the airline ticket agent. Even if the airlines blew it, you are a lot more likely to get somewhere if you are kind to them than if you are a jerk. You're also less likely to go viral on YouTube, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> you, you return the food to the McDonald's employee because something was wrong with your order, <laughs> if you're kind, it might bring remorse. <laughs> if you're not nice, it will bring them adding something special to your hamburger. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Yell at that customer service representative and see where that gets you. Be kind and your chances increase greatly. Demean your spouse and tell them how lousy they're doing and you'll get one response. <laughs> Show compassion and loving kindness as the Lord did to the Israelites and see their response. 
This is a biblical, spiritual principle. It's a very simple choice. God's kindness leads to repentance. Thank him for his goodness to you. Seek to follow his commandments and apologize when you do wrong. That's for you. When you see others on the wrong path, don't condemn them and hate them. Love them and be kind to them. This leads to repentance. Finally, with those close to you, your kind words will go much further than any ranting or raving. Anger is usually not effective. <laughs> so the title of my message today is actually a question. It's a question for you in your daily life. And the choice is yours. The title of my message is Honey or Vinegar. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. <laughs> I'm going to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never said a prayer to receive Messiah, commit your life to him. If that's you and you've never said that prayer before, but you want to today, wave your hand at me and we'll pray. If you've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, believe in him, confess him. But you want to raise your hand and we'll pray together. Is there anyone who's not done so but wants to today? Maybe you're watching online and you've never done so. Repeat this simple prayer after me and God will change you inside. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I accept Yeshua as my Messiah. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, oh God. Please forgive me of my sins. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you. You said that prayer for the first time. If you're watching online or via podcast, send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here, see me after the service and we can celebrate together. I want to ask the congregation to rise at this time. Get the musicians to sing this, this song uh, again, really. And I want you to think about it relative to the message today. Man, that chorus is just like my exact message and uh, and I want you to let it minister to you and let's let's lift up the Lord's name today who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who may abide in his tent only those whose walk is blameless and pure whose curtain the spirit has rent. Listen to this, everybody. Your glory, O Lord, is higher than heaven. Your mercy, O Lord, reaches down to my soul. Your unfailing love has changed me forever. Your kindness, O Lord, 
I pray, Lord, that we, on, on that, certainly on that level for ourselves, Lord, we receive your kindness. We recognize, Lord, that we should be repentative, Lord God, when we do things that are not pleasing in your eyes, Lord, remembering that you were so generous and kind to us and your mercy triumphs over judgment. Lord, thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. It makes me love you more, God, because you're so kind to me. Thank you, O oh Lord. Uh, and Lord, for other people, Lord, that, that, are in our, that are in our lives, God, that maybe don't know you, God, Lord, let us show them kindness, God, in, in the hopes and desire and the prayer that it will lead to them understanding the true nature of you, O oh God, and that it will come lead to repentance for them as well. Lord, and with others in our own lives, Lord, let us show kindness. Let us ex exhibit honey, Lord, and not vinegar in our own lives to other people, Lord. Even when it hoits, even when it hoits, <laughs> even when it, Lord, it's to, to people who are not doing right and people who are not doing right by us, Lord. Even the scripture, Lord, it says that you are kind even to evil people. Lord, that is hard. <laughs> I don't see how you do that, Lord. Lord, help us learn to be kind to everybody. Lord, regardless of how they are to us, Lord, because in the end, there is great benefit, Lord.
Lord, if, we're, if, if there's honey in our lives, God. I, I think of the scripture that your word is like honey to our lips. Let your word be on our lips. Oh, Lord, I thank you for all these things. What a blessing it is, Lord, the depth of understanding your kindness that leads to repentance. Thank you for these things, Lord. In Yeshua's name we pray. Thank you for touching us. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.